We're here to get into the Christmas spirit. We're a little early on that, by the way. Well, I mean, like, honestly, this is lining up kind of okay because all the Christmas shit has dumped all over uh, the commercials everywhere. You know, yeah, it's like. I mean, like, weirdly, it kind of lined up. I, I don't know. Like, we're about to have Thanksgiving, but it's basically Christmas at this point. So, sure. I, that's let's pretty do a much the holiday episode. I literally just bought one of my Christmas gifts today because I was like, you know what? It's on sale. I'm just going to get it so it's done. Okay. Did you did you stack a precarious series of boxes like Jubilee in this episode? And oh my god, I wish I had like every other scene and then she- get picked up again. <laughs> this this episode. Anyway, this episode. I'm Maddie. I'm Ryan, and this is the Mutant Ages, ho, a show ho, where we re- re- ho ho ho. Who's a ho? It's probably Wolverine. yeah, yeah, really. Uh, or Rogue, and when she's like at not. Yeah, I don't know. Rogue's kind of like a hoe in the sense that she like she's goes to everyone. Horny. She's like, I feel like yeah. Rogue, Rogue wishes she could be a hoe, but right, is, she's is like a wannabe hoe. Prevented. Anyway, this is a show <laughs> where we review every adaptation of the X Men, and yeah. Back when we were young, we experienced a change. We felt a power grow. Today, uh, we have a very special episode. It's not that special. It is an episode of <laughs> X-Men, the Christmas animated series. Special. I mean- it is a Christmas special, and it's November 7th, which I realize is a little too early for Christmas, but... I mean, all the Christmas shit is up, yeah. Like, it's been out since, like, October 1st. Like, fuck Halloween, apparently. Uh, and um, it, <laughs> well, so it weirdly always... lined up. Well, yeah. you know what's funny? When we first started doing the show, I actually approached you, Maddie. Remember? I was like, mm-hmm. it was, like, around December. I'm like, do we just want to top ahead four seasons so we can have a Christmas episode of the Mutant Ages? And you were like, no, let's go in order. <laughs> and you know what? You were right, because, like, Cause all the Christmas episodes are dropping. Later, yeah, the fuck long it's been. I think we it's only been two. Line them up anyway, and now yeah. here it is. We're going to holiday spirit. <laughs> this is actually kind of a Thanksgiving episode as well. Like I know it's technically a Christmas episode, but right? There's but there's a lot like of the like whole sharing the meal together, preparing the meal is like a huge right, as a theme family. in this episode as well. Yeah. Okay, so this episode. I mean, I actually really enjoyed it, but it's really funny because I don't remember enjoying it when I was younger. But in watching it yesterday, right uh-huh. or today, I should say. I was just like, holy shit, this episode has so much going on in it. Yeah. And it, I mean, like, it's like one of, it's like every other Christmas cartoon special or holiday right. special. Like, I'm not saying Christmas, but I really should say. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like playing like, you know, like jingles and like the jingle bells and it's all that. But like the episode itself is about like a child that's dying and it's like the metaphor for like AIDS on Christmas and yeah. it's like really fucking dark and I was not expecting it to fucking go there. All I remember was like, I thought it was like, 
what I remember the episode being was like the warlocks are like too ugly to celebrate Christmas or whatever. That like that's what I thought. It. Like that was how you remembered it as a child. Was you were like, like, well, I guess the warlocks can't get medical care because they're too ugly. Which is well, like, it's not even like that. It? It's just like we watched the other episode with the warlocks, and that was the theme. Was Callisto being like, we're too ugly to be up on the surface world? And it's like, okay, Chud, calm it down. Like I mean, that kind of is the deal with the warlocks. I, gu- I guess we should do it previously on the X Men and explain who the warlocks yeah. are. Well, why not? So, previously on the X-Men, we, we met the Morlocks. They are mutants. Season they one, by the way. Yeah, this is like way, way, way Ages back. Ages ago. We have not seen the Morlocks since then. One of then. our funnier episodes, by the way. Like, a lot of people are fans of that episode where we talk well, about get the Morlocks. Well, get ready, because this so is going to, like, follow suit in that. Circle on back to that, I guess, if you want to listen to it. But if you don't have time and you just want to plunge forward, I'll tell you that in that episode, Callisto, oh, we're gonna plunge. who is the leader of the Morlocks originally, kidnaps cyclops because he's hot and i I mean arguably but yeah i guess according to the logic of this show i don't remember even why she does that but she kidnaps cyclops and the x-men have to go and save him which was sort of interesting contrast with this episode like i I, like logan is so angry at the morlocks and i was like when was the last time we even saw them but i guess we saw them in that episode and then we also saw them in some of the dark phoenix episodes as well where i guess they were kind of bad guys but it's it was hard for me to remember like why Logan was so angry at them and like saw them as being so deplorable because right. as far as we the viewer can tell from just this episode the Morlocks are hiding underground because they're like mutants that look like dinosaurs or just mutants with skin that's green or unexpected or whatever and and so they can't pass for human and we've talked on previous episodes about like the queer metaphor there I think one of our readers is probably Claire wrote in about how it's like a uh, could be a metaphor for trans people or people who who can't quote unquote pass in, in society and are read as queer whether they like it or not and and I was thinking a lot about that in this particular episode for a lot of reasons I, yeah. that we can get into. But in this ep, the that plight of the Morlocks, like being these disenfranchised mutants who can't get medical care, are starving to death and are basically like homeless queer teenagers, yeah. essentially, was it was really like hitting me where it hurts. Like watching th- that aspect of the episode, I was like, this is intense but i can you remember if the morlocks have been bad guys in previous episodes i just couldn't figure uh, out why logan hated them so much and no, i was like well it i was... guess callisto kidnapped cyclops okay so like we have not they, they have not come back we have not dealt with them in a villainous perspective right. and i think logan's memory is that the morlocks kidnapped gene okay yeah remember because like they, well. they took both gene and scott originally but it wasn't because like they wanted Gene. They just wanted Scott. Right. Right. Although Wolverine is dating both of them. So uh, yeah, you can I was going to say, like, actually, so canonically, <laughs> now he's dating both of them. So, so whatever. Logan is naturally very upset that they were stealing his boyfriend yeah. and his uh, would be girlfriend. So. But, like, I, but, like, he's mad about that, but he's also mad about having to do a blood transfusion later, which is, like, a dark fucking scene, by know, the way. I know. So well, we're just, we just need to get to that scene when we. I think we get just need to, to, like, yeah, we just need to, like, jump on in okay. and, like, okay. Okay. make this happen 
So it starts with Cyclops and Rogue. Well, and it actually starts with Christmas at the X Mansion, and it's they nicely decorated the Christmas tree outside too. I don't know if you noticed that. Yes, and yes. it's playing like you know, like classic like Deck the cartoon. Halls it's like it's just like, it's just, well, it, it is playing Deck the Halls, but it just starts off with like like the chiming of like the jingle that mm-hmm, you hear at the mm-hmm. beginning of There's every so Christmas special. Many chiming jingles in this. Right, app. so they come in, and you're right. It's Rogue, <laughs> Jubilee, and Cyclops, and like they're all singing Deck the Halls. Can we recreate what it? sounds like oh it's like God, okay the halls it's like as we I, just did it there i was kind of trying to sing on key and ryan was imitating cyclops singing horribly <laughs> which is which is funny what the voice actors were trying to do like rogue and jubilee are singing on key or trying to and cyclops is wildly off key and it's like unlistenably bad well but also they're not even singing it at the same time which i, I realize isn't because like these characters can't sing no, at the same time. The it's because the actors probably were in the same room when they did this. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, I, you know, it works for this instance because at the end Cyclops is like, because I thought that this was not intentional. And then You're Cyclops right. is like, He's like, uh, maybe I should leave the Sydney to you two. Yeah. And Rogue's like, yeah, sugar, shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, really funny. And then Rogue is like, well, you're better than old Grumpus over there. And then there's like this dramatic smash cut to Wolverine. <laughs> sitting, oh my God. He's like, just fucking like sitting like by the fire like in the shadow, like staring at it. Yeah, like staring into the shadows angrily like he wants to fucking die and like I why know. is he sitting in the room with I them? don't I don't know and Jubilee runs over and she's like Logan we have to celebrate Christmas together let's come on let's sing which is like classic Jubilee and honestly like it's hilarious it and is. like Logan's like I don't fucking do that and he like stops away he's like fuck Christmas and we're like whoa uh, and Rogue is like oh Logan's never been one for the holidays and Cyclops is like it's fun he doesn't like but I was like neither do you Cyclops know, neither like, do you Six went to Cyclops like partying but I guess he likes <laughs> extremely mediated partying like where it's just singing deck the halls and putting the star on top of the tree and then the party is right, over right which so, by the way Rogue hands Jubilee a star for mm-hmm. her to put on the top of the tree okay this is okay so I have some I have some issues with this where okay. Rogue's like hands Jubilee the star flies her up there and Jubilee's like wow a real star because Jubilee's like she has such a hard on for Christmas because this is like her first Christmas ever, ever? And Jubilee is somebody who is kind of, like, optimistic, but she's also somebody who's, like, fuck the system. Yeah. And so, like, what I don't understand about this is that Jubilee is so excited to have, like, Christmas, which makes sense. For for a character like Jubilee, I feel like she'd kind of, like, be like, fuck Christmas, honestly. Like, I haven't had a family. I had to live in a fucking mall during Christmas. Like, what? Although this version of Jubilee wasn't homeless, which then had me thinking later during the Morlock scenes, I was like... This is like this is different from the Jubilee in the comics where she herself would yeah. be familiar with this situation. And then it was kind of weird to me that this version of Jubilee, like, I don't actually know. Like, I think her past is supposed to be that she had some foster parents. The foster family we saw with her in season one, episode one, was terrible and was essentially like going to kick her out of the house. They were like calling giant robots to into, murder her. Yeah, and they were going to turn her into the government for being a mutant, yeah. which is basically Fuck like... That. I mean, in the real world, it's like the equivalent of like, you know, adopting a kid and then turning them into ice or something like that. Like, it's like calling the cops on them, essentially. Like, it's like extremely fucked up. So Jubilee, I get that she like hasn't had parents who've actually loved her and like treated her well. And so Christmas is important to her for that reason. But I don't know if we're supposed to think Jubilee used to be homeless or not. Like, I actually don't don't know. We don't know, but... Either way, she's happy to be with the X-Men, and that's great to celebrate. And you know what? 
it's good that she comes into it with a good attitude, which is classic Jubilee. I mean, like, Jubilee is, like, fuck the system, but she's also kind of, like, cheerful about shit, so, like, I, I don't know. I sort of bought it. I was kind of, like, too. I get that like, maybe this version Jubilee, Jubilee yeah. yeah, like, maybe Jubilee would sort of regress to childhood a little bit just in this moment because she's so excited to have a family. She does act very childish in this ep, though, and I started to think, like, oh, I think this is part of why people are irritated by Jubilee as a character. Because this is, like, not because it's, an accurate portrayal of her. like, and she's supposed to be a teenager, but yeah and she's like supposed to be like 16 or something i don't know it's weird so like the writing for jubilee is a little immature but i also was like i feel like maybe it's believable i don't know i wasn't i wasn't sure what i thought about it yeah i don't i don't same so okay now let's cut to our favorite part of the episode which happens more (laughs) than once by the way so there's like splashed in here okay it's like a scene that's like wildly out of character for these two characters but but like repeatedly come back to this scene but also like like, maddie oh i can't we'll talk about it after the scene happens but okay okay, so okay so gene gray is in the cooking yeah and gambit is there for some reason wearing his chef's hat so immediately he was like (laughs) sipping soup and stuff i was like Oh, Gambit must be cooking Me gumbo. Too. I thought Gambit was cooking gumbo. And he's not I cooking anything. Down, and then I had to delete it because he's Gambit not cooking anything. Cooking gumbo. He's dressed like a fucking chef, and he's not cooking. He's just in there dressed <laughs> like a chef to uh, <laughs> judge Jean Grey's cooking. For no real reason. So and Jean Grey's like... He's stirring the soup around and tasting it. And Jean is, is like cutting up vegetables in the corner. And he spits the soup like all over the stove. And he's like, <laughs> what is this you're cooking? And Jean goes, it's called food gambit. Normal Christmas food. Which that line is also strange because it's not like soup is a classic Christmas dish. But I was like, whatever. This scene is already absurd. So Gambit goes, this need a little gambit magic. Little cayenne little time and i was like all right like maybe the soup is really bland but then gene gets so angry at him <laughs> that she immediately uses her telekinesis to prevent him from picking up anything any of the spices like the little spice containers she's like yeah. gluing them to the countertop and so she's like if you want to keep that hand stay away and then remy is like pulling really hard on the spice thing like so hard so that when gene like finally stops using her powers on it he like falls over and like a bunch of pots <laughs> and pans fall on his head and like i don't even understand why and, this but, like, is happening there's like there's like all the shit falling on him like gene's psychically throwing like dishes at him yeah. and then after he's like on the ground he's still like you don't know nothing you're cooking, about cooking. yeah you're like your cooking still sucks gene <laughs> and it was like what is happening? And, okay, and so this is like funny. This final shot of Jean like smiling weirdly, and I was like, "Why is she?" <laughs> By the so way, high, like- is this the first time we've seen Jean Grey in season four? Period. Yes, like, yes. and she's cooking. Yeah, like I know. It, I thought that was really fucked up too. Okay, I was- wait, but I. I- <laughs> Okay, but like, so if anybody's gone to our YouTube channel and watched oh the Geno pilot that we've about, written, I, 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 I have to say it. I have to say it. So go to our YouTube channel, Mutant <laughs> Ages, and Maddie and I made a, a pilot for this this show that we've been writing since middle school, since we and we kids. did a pilot. And like in the, and it's not in that episode, but like in what many of the several scripts we have written, two of the characters have this like have fight this and kind it, of relationship. And Maddie, Maddie like messages me. She's like, "So did you like straight up like pull this from X Men?" Because like it, I was like, "I guess I don't remember," but like apparently, like this just, like, scene felt like a Geno scene, and that's not even a reference that's going to make any sense to anyone. Well, I but, but the point is that like this scene somehow inspired me to somehow parody it like ninety five more times I in mean, my life. I don't even know if it was intentional. I 
think I think it's just that you watched this show and you were like, it's funny for characters to rib on each other. <laughs> but like in the actual context of this show, it makes no sense. No for fucking Gene sense. And I know to be the characters that are okay. Like but like, don't worry, it gets fucking weirder because then we go down to Beast Lab, oh who's reciting God. like Christmas stories or something. I wasn't even listening. Okay, he was just Beast like, Beast is reciting a poem by Sir Walter Walter Scott about Christmas. No reason. No oh, right. reason. And he's also like sitting here with like a million beakers yeah, and like, like bunts of burners, and, like, and they're he has full a of like. Set. But they're like full of Christmas colors, and he says something about how he's cooking something non-alcoholic, which was like an interesting choice to say on a children's like show. They, they were, like, I felt like that was like a write-in thing or something where they were like, <laughs> "We don't want everybody to think that Beast is making Beast like, is getting Christmas fucked up right um, now." I know punch or whatever, because that's what it looks like he's making is like punch or something. But I just don't look like anything. He also <laughs> calls it Yuletide goo, which like yeah, he what does say that. that? Like what he's making Yuletide goo, whatever. The and he's fuck also okay. By is. the way, he's doing this from the ceiling, which I is know, also he's, absurd. He's he's doing the classic bees thing of like hanging onto the ceiling and, and making his Yuletide everything that's goo happening right down. now is just fucking crazy, right? Like it's like but the X Men celebrating. I, mean, I laughed at all of it. <laughs> the X Men trying to like celebrate the holidays, but they're all really bad at it. Which is honestly like I could see that. It's also like some real shit. Like I mean. I guess we can talk about it in politics, but I feel like there is this overarching narrative here where, like, it's like a bunch of queer people who get together and, like, they've all been disowned by their families or can't be there for whatever reason. And they just are, none of them really know what the fuck they're doing, but they're, like, trying to cobble together some type of family dinner. Like, it's, like, a relatable experience. Like, I feel like I've, like, had life experiences that are similar to this. Like, you know, our friends have done shit like this where we're like, let's try to fucking do a dinner and, like, none of us know what we're doing. I mean, you know, we've done that before. I've done that several times. It's, when we were younger know, and uh, well remember when we were like i don't know if you ever attended any of these but like when we were like in our teen, late teens early 20s like before i moved all over the place the first time mm-hmm. like i was like out to you guys but not really to anybody else and neither was anybody else period except for you like a little bit and like so on valentine's day i would have us all get together and it'd be like i'd make like a pasta dinner i don't know if you ever came to any of those i don't think I, do you remember I don't that i don't even remember anymore i think i invited you but you're probably like you were probably at college then so there's like it's not like you could just drive on over you know but <laughs> that was something i did so like i get it i get this idea of like inviting all your like gay friends over and like celebrating a holiday together because like yeah, and at the time none of us were out like, of the closet you know a heteronormative holiday like valentine's day or even christmas is like very i don't know it's very family oriented i I don't know it just i i like the idea of the x-men having this similar experience of being right. like they don't have any other family but also they're all like fighting over dumb shit i don't know it's funny to me so anyway storm and xavier are like watching the security cameras for the entire mansion together which in and of itself is funny i don't know if you noticed <laughs> no i thought that too was watching. like what are they doing like why did they go up and join them like i don't know they're both they're both kind of antisocial for their own separate reasons right so but ju- it's storm- like neither of them get any kind of resolve on that honestly like his storm's story just wildly changes right here but anyway so xavier is like storm i don't think i've had a happier christmas all my x-men together with so much to be thankful for and storm says yes but she's like pausing dramatically and xavier's yeah. like what is it storm you seem distracted and she's like i'm sorry i'm not sure why perhaps i see jubilee's childlike joy at christmas and remember my own wait wait i mean like i hope this is a reference to like just her being a kid because uh, yeah, me too. Storm didn't fucking celebrate Christmas where she I was a that child. Too, when I transcribed that line, I was like, I guess she means she's remembering being a child. Like being herself. a kid. Yeah, that's the only thing I could possibly think of because she was like, 
she wouldn't have celebrated christmas in egypt yeah and she grew up in africa i was like i don't really think that's like really whatever but whatever um (laughs) i mean there's a lot of missionaries but i don't know if that's that's like a part of this version of storm's life and also like living on the streets you're not gonna celebrate christmas anyway it doesn't matter the mutant alarm goes off storm and xavier suddenly think they're under attack cyclops and jubilee and rogue run off and it turns out it's beast setting off some sort of explosion with his yuletide goo and he's like covered in cranberry sauce now apparently oh my god i know and like everyone is freaking out is like beast are you hurt and beast is like i am unhurt but that is more than i can say for my cranberry glaze and then he's like licking it off of himself and being like delightful though the chemical formula proves distressingly volatile and i'm like i know why did you make explosive cranberry sauce cranberry whatever the fuck it is is this happening i don't know and then logan Logan comes comes in in. he's like did i hear the intruder alarm or am i hoping for too much yeah like clearly logan is just looking for any excuse to be to like the shit be out of a somebody? bitch i don't know and like the jubilee's like logan let's go christmas shopping yeah. logan's like fuck you and storm's like no it's all right why don't you come with me and uh, come with us and logan's like no jubilee has this thing she goes come on please for me wolvie yeah she I calls him wolvie which which is like canonical thing that she calls him but yeah. i think it's the first time she said that on so this too. show i don't think she's ever called him that yet on this show no anyway, and wolverine's like Wolverine is all like, oh, come on, kid. Turn it off. I'm better off fighting Sabretooth than going to the mall. And then all of a sudden, he's at the mall in the next scene. I know. (laughs) But also, like, I really want to translate to, like, I'm better off fucking Sabretooth than going to the mall. Yeah, pretty much. But also, why does he go to the mall? Whatever. I know, but, but Logan's dressed like... Mo- like like, like Resident Evil. F- no, I was gonna say Logan's dressed up as like Resident Evil Four Leon Kennedy. Yeah, pretty much. He's wearing a, a brown jacket. He looks great. But I he literally don't know why Logan came along. This episode is like one of those classic things where Wolverine is complaining the entire time, but also well, like going along with it. This at the this same whole time. scene we're about to walk into is from a comic book that was like from a Wolverine comic where none of these characters were there. It was from the one where Wolverine was at the mall and like. The people, the, there was like a Santa display, you know, it was like Santa Claus go, the kids mm-hmm. go meet like Santa an Claus. And they, person playing Santa. Right, and there were like a bunch of elves, but the elves turned out to be like evil and they like were sh- shooting up the mall and then Wolverine had to go kill all the elves. Wow. But like it happens directly after the scene where the perfume gets sprayed in his face. Like that's a whole thing. Wow. I wonder if they read that comic, thought about adapting it and then wrote this And they this were like, instead. we can't fucking do a, a children's show where Wolverine kills like a bunch of Christmas characters. Yeah. Because that's like literally what would like, happen. But the scene where a random lady from a kiosk sprays perfume in his face, that's we're gonna keep comedy that. gold. We're going <laughs> to keep that part in. So like before we get to that, Jubilee's is super excited she's carrying this huge armful of packages and she's like i've never been able to get nice gifts for people before thanks for coming with me wolverine and logan is like can we please leave <laughs> and jubilee is like should i get stuff for christmas dinner this is the first time i've ever had a real family at christmas time i'm not sure what i'm supposed to do and storm's like you've done more than enough jubilee now let's make a last stop and go home and then yep. logan gets perfume sprayed in his face for no reason well okay but like this whole scene is really funny <laughs> because the sales lady is like it's called musk of the wild the wild it turns women into animals and logan's like Arr! and storm's just like 
Logan. And Logan's like, get me out of here before I turn into an animal. And then like the door opens or something. And, and then like, Storm's like, escape while you can. And then he just and Logan, runs like, literally away. runs for his life. And I thought it was very funny. It is funny. And then it cuts to Logan and Jubilee like ice, ice skating. Skates. Wait, but they're like in Rockefeller Center. Yeah, it's which like, once again, I was like, why is Logan agreeing to this now? Like he's just suddenly on ice Because skates. I think Logan actually secretly loves he the must. holidays, he but must. he's just being like a goth kid about it. He's like, I fucking hate the holidays, except I love all the joy and having a family, but I'm not going to show anyone. It's yeah, like, it's hey, calm down. Funny. Anyway, he's he's on ice skates. Jubilee's twirling around him, trying to get him to have fun. <laughs> and at one point, Logan goes, you don't want to know what I'd find fun right now, which I know that's also not a sexual comment, but I would. It's, it's totally a to sexual comment. Being, like, I just want to beat the shit out of somebody because I'm dark and brooding and that's what I find fun. But I choose to interpret it however I want. Uh, no, that's a, that's how I interpreted it also. I was like, okay, Logan needs to get laid. I mean, <laughs> honestly, if he did, if he just had a fucking like good fuck or a blowjob or whatever, he would just be like so much more calm on the holidays. Like, he just needs to get all that fucking grumpiness out. Like, I know. Just Spot out. Seriously, like, he's not going to get it in this episode. Fucking call it Morph. I'm sure he's not doing yeah, anything. Yeah, Morph? Like uh, I don't Morph? know, celebrating Christmas on Weir Island for the in, rest of the entirety of the show. Playing jingle bells on a set of bagpipes. <laughs> he's actually the one playing this <laughs> this song repeatedly. He is he is the jingle, jingle bell. bell. He's just a he's just like a bell floating by. It's like ching ching ching. Yeah, he's like he's like I know this. I don't know it's Wolverine, <laughs> but I like doing it, and it's how I show my affection for Logan. Anyway, there's a bunch of sirens in the background, and Logan sniffs the air and is like, something's going on. And Jubilee's like, you sure it's not the musk of the wild you're smelling? <laughs> Which is pretty funny. Oh, that is pretty funny. And then Storm hears the sirens as well, and is like, it's an ambulance. And I wrote, okay, but then like the storm, storm like, like fucking like. <laughs> the ambulance is swerving around, like okay, crashing yeah. through fucking walls and shit. It like crashes to the wall that's above Rockefeller it Center like, and like over a guardrail, like <laughs> yeah. onto the ricochets rink. onto the ice rink, which I don't know how it's not broken at this point because it's still either. swerving around. And Storm manages to use wind to prevent it from hitting like a bunch. That of doesn't make on the any ice, sense either. Make but any whatever. Sense. Basically, she just suddenly has telekinesis. Essentially, <laughs> well, so Jean's then, not there. Then, Jean's too busy fucking cooking right I now. She can't save the people on the ambulance in this scene, but she's not. So then Logan and also Cyclops is just gone. I don't know. They're all just back at the mansion hanging out. So Logan picks up Jubilee and they go over to the ambulance and a couple of Morlocks get out. It's Ape and it's Anna Lee, who I think we've seen before in previous episodes. I know we've seen Anna Lee at the very least. So Ape tears off the back of the ambulance, which I was like, you guys just hijacked the ambulance and drove it here. Like, I don't know why now you need to tear off the back of it, but sure. Fine. And so then Logan is like, Morlocks, I thought I smelled sewer gas. You're going to rob an ambulance? You scum have sunk real low and then a bunch of police cars show up and the police yep. like try to storm in and arrest everybody but there's a bunch of wind and storm is sort of like holding them off for now and logan right. is fighting ape and ape is like let go you don't understand and logan's like you're the one who doesn't understand tunnel boy you could have killed someone and then ape gets away and manages to grab some medicine still storm lands next to them and annalee begs storm to help them and this is when she right. finally reveals that leech is sick and, like dying yeah. like it's not just sick like he's dying and this is like 
a super heavy AIDS metaphor that we're about to like fall. I like, mean, you know, that's just how casually. I took it because I did too, though. I think it has to be that because, like, so you know, the X Men have always been like part of a queer and LGBT culture, but like, this is like a pretty heavy handed, like, part of why I think that is because of the way they describe it. So, Legion's yeah. power is to take away other people's mutant powers, which, right. fine. I don't really see how that's bad necessarily. But Anna Lee says when they take him to the hospital, his mutant powers got out of control. And they well, sort it of shows show him like him zapping like zapping the nurse. So it's like maybe yeah. the nurse was a mutant, maybe not. Or maybe I think he's just like draining their energy. Right. Period. That was my like, theory was that like he scared them in some way. And then they I don't know. But they were like, he's dangerous. Him. And right. yeah, they were like, he's a mutant. We're not going to treat him here. Yeah, pretty much. Like they're denying him medical care, essentially. Right. And then, you know, Anna Lee's like telling Storms like you should come help us because you're supposed to be the leader of the Warlocks, but right. you've not been around. Like you know, so I and guess like we now should explain that like in this previous episode, Storm had to challenge Callisto to combat in order to get them to give up Jean and Cyclops, and Storm actually won because it's Storm, and of course she won. So then technically Storm has been the leader of the Morlocks this whole time, but she hasn't actually been doing anything for them at all. Like right. she doesn't pay any attention to them, and that's pretty clear in this episode. Like. Annalise guilting Storm and being like, you're supposed to be our leader. We haven't seen you for like a bajillion years. And Storm is immediately like, okay, I'm going to help you. And Logan is like, fuck that. I ain't no sewer rat babysitter. And Storm just ignores him, starts a blizzard. Ape and Annalie grab the medicine under the cover of the snow and wind and they run off and Logan and Storm follow them. But Jubilee's like, what about all my presents? And Storm's (laughs) like, don't worry about that. And Jubilee picks all of them up anyway and runs after them. Right. And so then they're all in the By sewer. By the way, Jingle Bells is still playing during and, all this. But it's like sad, weird Jingle it's Bells. It's like sad Jingle Bells. It's like, it's like, dun, 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 dun. Yeah, it's a lot. Except there's still the morph bell ringing all the time. <laughs> so Jubilee is following along in the sewer. Logan and Storm. And, and so is Storm. And Storm's wearing this gorgeous coat that's just getting covered in like sewer shit at this point. Yeah, but Storm doesn't care because she's like trying to uphold her honor and feeling guilty about the fact that she abandoned the Morlocks. Also, Storm's the only person on the show who has incredible fashion. I don't know. Like, she have you noticed incredible. that? Like, she's in every episode, she has like a different outfit and literally nobody else does it's just her and yeah, i know I that know, it's been explained to it. us that she can change her clothes like magically but still it's pretty great i didn't mention it before but she was wearing a pretty sick like tiger stripe bodysuit in the previous scene where she was being oh yeah she was looking at the security cameras i really liked that outfit anyway annalee guides them into a room and leech is in there on a pallet and callisto turns around and sees them and she's oh like, my god i love so this whole look at this our- this whole fucking <laughs> conversation it was like oh right Callisto is like she fucking cuts deep (laughs) oh my god so she goes our glorious leader deigns to visit us after all this time is this Christmas charity or did you just come to watch a Morlock suffer and Storm is like I do not deserve that we've come to help and Callisto's like why you never have before and Logan's like listen lady we don't have to and Storm is like no Wolverine let Callisto speak but then Leech interrupts both of them by moaning in pain and Storm is like our differences have to wait Leech needs our full attention and she and Callisto shake hands and Callisto's like right. agreed. I mean, I, I, I love that scene. Yeah, I think it's, it's really fucking good. I mean, honestly, that's a really great scene. It's like, I mean, I, I think Callisto has a, a legitimate point, point here. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's just like, so I was like, I'm the leader of the Morlocks and she like leaves and it's like, <laughs> 
it's also like a rare moment when Storm fucks up. Like I, I don't hate that Storm is immediately owning that and just being oh, right. But like, she does wow, though. She like, keeps like, I repeatedly have completely abandoned these people who have a lot less than I do, and like I need to eat some crow here and like come back here and actually help them the best that I can. But right. at the same time, Callisto ragging on her, she's like, I don't deserve that much. Like yes, right. Like I yeah, like you, but like you don't need to be petty. Like come and, on, and, and you don't need to be petty and a bitch to me in front of like the entire Morlock community like yeah I don't know she's I think she handles it very appropriately here and it, it was fun to see Storm and Callisto both like in full form so right then, meanwhile, and meanwhile Logan looks in the corner at this fucking sad ass Charlie Brown Christmas tree it's like a twig I know. it's like maybe it's maybe like a branch from a pine tree maybe which is like this is what the Morlocks have they only have this little tiny sad Christmas tree and Storm is like Wolverine and Logan's like yeah what do you want and Storm's like you have experience in field medicine prepare the child i'll fly him to the mansion where beast can tend to him properly does he though i don't remember logan ever being like i mean he's fought in like 16 wars that he sometimes remembers right i guess i would buy that with like i don't know when he was in canada and like fighting on all the other different superhero teams maybe he got field medical training in those contexts as well like technically he was working for like the canadian military at that time. that's true i guess i guess that's a good point Anyway. Well, anyway, so Logan's holding Leech's hand and he goes, uh oh, but yeah. doesn't tell anybody why he said that. I mean, uh, to me, right there in that situation, if, if Logan can grab Leech's hand and Leech's powers aren't sucking Logan's like powers away, that's like, okay, either this kid that's, is like, dead. Bad, yeah. Like, it's like, it's like, you know, or he's like really close to that. Yeah. Uh, but we have to cut away to Jubilee, who's like looking sad in a dark corner, which is like, I know it's like what everybody's she's doing, doing in this episode. Is but then, like, then, like a made up character comes out that's like literally just Leech, but with like a, 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 a blonde wig, wig on, on and huge fucking anime eyes. And like, so I was like, who character, the fuck is this? This character was invented for the show. Her name is Mariana. She's she's just a cute little little girl a cute little green alien girl i don't know what her powers are her powers are being green and yeah so, but she doesn't say anything she just is kind of like creeping on jubilee at this point but for some reason she and jubilee like hang out and de- suddenly develop this weird sisterly relationship where they're like talking like to each other seconds. on the sidelines like within five seconds i guess it's believable that like so this this child looks like she's like four like she looks so young and seems so young that it's like sure she would just automatically look up to anyone even a complete yeah, that stranger may, i mean i guess that makes sense but also jubilee is somebody who canonically who will like take in other kids once when she got a little bit older because like you know her background she, she's always like oh i'm gonna make sure all these kids have homes and all that kind of shit so right, like which i can see that I but like in this situation she's still so young so it's like okay well i don't know if i buy this but whatever yeah you know what, let's just enjoy it so <laughs> so then Callisto and storm have started fighting again in the background because Callisto's like noticing that logan is just fucking standing there and she's like why don't you make him do something and storm's oh, like take like, your hands off me i mean logan's just like shut the fuck up yeah, both of you logan is like we aren't taking this kid anywhere and storm's like what do you mean he needs immediate attention and logan's like it's too late to move him his pulse is dropping he'll never survive the trip and then jubilee immediately starts crying and it's oh my like, god like full-on sobbing it gets super intense and jubilee's like and she's Not like today it's she's christmas like nobody eve. can di- a child can't die on christmas eve which it's we know sad. he's gonna live because it's a christmas episode I know, so like this episode has taken everything to 11 so i mean and, like, actually never mind i mean there is that elf episode that i explained to you like <laughs> years ago that's like that is the same premise where elf like somehow winds up at a hospital for children and makes friends with a dying child that like just straight up actually dies in the episode
episode and it was like yeah. Alf's like also, Christmas like, sucks. They have killed characters on the show before, so like I truly don't know. Like they could have just straight up killed Leech in this episode, and I would have been like, "That's par for the course. That's the kind of shit the show does sometimes." Yes, yeah, pretty much. So Jubilee is crying with very good reason. She's seen death and destruction in her life, and she knows how precarious the situation is. So, yeah. Okay. After a commercial break, we'll we come, come to this incredibly dark scene yeah. where they're like talking about how Logan's blood can save Leech if they give if they do a. Uh, a blood, blood transfusion. transfusion and Logan but- starts screaming no I'm not gonna do it and he storms away and everyone's like what the fuck is going on and eventually after screaming for like 25 minutes he turns around and he's like I've tried giving a blood transfusion before and it killed 20 people including a child Yeah, and like everyone's like holy shit that's when it was like okay so this is like straight up a naze metaphor at this point because it's like it's like the blood of a mutant is like poisonous, you know? Right. Like, but it's also, and it, that it can kill within, somebody. Like, I guess the science justification for it is that Logan has a certain blood type that works with some people, but not others. But it's like presumably beyond just a basic blood type test. It's also just his muted, mutant power may or may not be able to work on other people. And it's just a toss up. And he's like, I don't want to have to watch somebody die again, essentially. I don't know. It's right. It's right. It, and it's an interesting like science fiction premise to an episode that's already doing pretty dark. It's pretty <laughs> dark, but it's also like already doing something interesting with the fact that like this is a mutant. He, he needs mutant medical care. But like even the mutants that are around him might not be able to help him. And I don't know. I just thought it was an interesting storyline. So, um, Storm is basically like, this is the only hope we have. We may as well try because Logan admits that twice it has worked. Like there were two times it's worked and then the 20 times that it didn't work. So it's like, well, you know, it's like a one in 10 chance that maybe it'll work this time. So right. Storm goes and gets the transfusion kit out of this medical kit, which like is kind which, of, they try to do a joke here where she goes over to Ape and she's like, Ape, get the transfusion kit. And Ape is like, Transfusion. And Storm just goes, never mind. And they play like a little comedy horn sound effect that's like, wah, wah, wah. wah. And, like, and I was like, okay. are you guys seriously trying to tell me that this is funny? After five minutes of Logan like sobbing about how he killed a child once trying to save. Like, what is happening on the show? I don't know. Okay, but so then I read all this down because I actually like this conversation where Roro goes, I will call the mansion and have Rogue fly over with Beast in a medical kit immediately. Until then, you know what you have to do, Logan. And Logan says, you don't know what you're asking. And Aurora says, I'm asking you to show the courage to save a child's life. Which, holy shit, Storm. I know. I fucking love her. And then Logan's like, he wouldn't be dying if you looked after these people. Which, okay, which fair point. But fair also, well, yeah. stab. And then, but then Aurora owns it. She goes, perhaps you are right. But if there's one chance in a thousand, you can help him. You must. Ask yourself, Logan, if you were if you were your child, would you refuse? And Logan just shakes his head. Like, yeah, no, like of course really he wouldn't. Slowly. Yeah. And, and I think what I like about Storm in this is that she's fucking own, all, owning the shit that she fucked up in. But she's like, okay, like, are you really going to be like a piece of shit right now about this, though? Like, yeah. And get your also, fucking shit together. It's basically Logan saying that because he has these past traumas of like trying to help people and watching them die he's like i'd rather just check out on this and not watch the kid die and leave than try to help him and fail which is like i don't know i mean it's very Logan to be like if i try to help and fail again then that's more trauma for me but it's like very selfish as well and he has to be like told again like logan 
you got to fucking do this is that you have to help people and maybe it's not going to work out like if you're going to be a freedom fighter like part of that yeah yeah like either you're going to be part of a family or not i mean it's like it's classic logan stuff anyway so then ape turns himself into a bed so that logan can lie on him which that made me laugh really hard as well i I thought that too i was like i was like this is like a morph situation (laughs) it's really funny like i don't know i don't think it was intended it to be funny but it is no i don't know i think who fucking knows he's turning into a bed in the background jubilee's like asking girl leech uh, mariana if she yeah. believes in miracles and jubilee's just like sobbing yeah, uncontrollably and mariana's like what's miracles and jubilee's like maybe we'll see and it's like oh my god oh, oh my god so, so okay let's just review like <laughs> like leech is dying there's like this heavy metaphor about the blood transfusion yep. every the morlocks don't have anything for christmas mm-hmm. uh logan's screaming about how he killed 20 people and a child and like like Jubilee sobbing in the corner about how like a child's gonna die on Christmas, right? Like all this is going on. And there's like this struggle for power before between Storm right. and Callisto and, and how like Storm a fucked over, up. Like responsibility. Yeah, it's like it's a really fucking dark scene. And we just die aside to quickly hop over to the expansion where <laughs> Remy is still fucking with Jean's food. It was like just spliced in there. It's like after this incredibly dark, morose scene, it's like here's Remy literally putting shit in Jean's food at, and Jean's in the background screaming, screaming at him screaming and like throwing phone. broccoli at him. It's like, so she's like th- wielding the broccoli like as though it's like an actual weapon. Like a sword and like she throws it and like Scott calmly walks in and calmly deflects it with an eye blast yes. which Rogue then catches yeah. and I was like what's happening? But it doesn't fucking matter because then Xavier like Bursts in the room dramatically. He's like, everyone be having an emergency. <laughs> it's like, we have to get to the Morlock tunnels immediately. And Rome's like, I'm on it, Shiga. And she like flies out the fucking window. And I was like, what is happening? Like, I, the I feel like the point of that scene, I, I mean, then also Gambit and Jean completely snap into action. And they're like, great, we're on it. We're ready to help. And like, I think, I the think they would all stops. rather go on yes. a mission than try to endure Christmas at Professor Xavier's. Which I like, thought was that's kind like, of funny and like in character, even though the rest of this isn't in character for the X to be like completely shit at being a normal family but like as soon as this terrible crisis happens they're all like kind of relieved on some level and they're like okay well at least we know how to do this like we can yeah, fucking do this like, shit like let's let's fucking go so like, like on some level wolverine's plight is all of their plight because he also can't really function on christmas but like he's the only one who's willing to admit that and the rest of them are like faking it desperately and like as soon as there's a crisis they're all like thank god they're like thank god we know how which to is do. that's good and then after that we switch back to logan doing the blood transfusion yes. with leech yeah and like fucking mariana girl leech drags jubilee over to the christmas tree or the christmas stick i should say yes. and jubilee is like it's the most beautiful christmas tree i've ever seen jubilee so yeah. is like sobbing and, and mariana then, and is then, like <laughs> leech found it and then jubilee's like leech and then <laughs> she like, starts sobbing even more oh and then God. meanwhile the, uh, mariana drags her over to their christmas dinner which is right. kind of like a thanksgiving situation here yeah, but, it's but it's just like, like just tomato soup that's like in a barrel and it's like i, this, I like, mean like i don't I don't even know if it's tomato Morlocks. soup or just, if it's just literally some dirty water. I don't know. I don't it's know. like it's, really it's very sad. it's very yeah. Oliver Twist esque, and they're all like you know putting it in bowls, and they're really happy about it. I I don't know, or maybe like Christmas Carol is a better example here, where it's like we have so little, but we're happy and we have each other. And Jubilee right. is like amazed, and Mariana is like, please stay, you can have some of mine. I bet you're hungry. And then Storm shows up and is like, Mariana asked you a question, Jubilee, and Jubilee's that, like, and it's answered, but it's whatever. It's never answered, and so Jubilee's like storm is leech and storm just goes it's still too early to tell come let us rejoin the others 
And then Jubilee follows Storm down the hallway and she's like, how do these people keep going? They've got nothing. This was around when I started to wonder to myself, like, wasn't Jubilee homeless? Is that just something we're pretending didn't happen on this show? Whatever. Yeah, but I do like this lie that Roro has. Yeah, she's like, you're wrong, child. They have each other's love. As long as you're a part of a caring family, every day of the year is Christmas, which is corny, but like, whatever, fine. And she goes, it will do all of us well to remember that. And then they get back to the other room where Callisto and Logan and Leech and everybody are. And Callisto is like freaking out again. And she's like, he should be better by now. Why hasn't it worked? And Logan's like, I, don't know. I told you Lo- it wouldn't work. And he just suddenly yanks out he, the like, blood rips everything off, thing off and, and like- walks off. And then Beast yeah. and Rogue show up just in time, like just having a conversation. Like, I don't know, yeah. like in the middle of talking. And then Logan is like, Hank, hurry. And Callisto's like, tell us quickly, will he live? And Hank is like, basically has this long monologue that essentially is, I don't know. Which I was like, Hank, why did you take <laughs> but like 10 minutes to I don't that? know. And then Callisto just shrieks in the background. She's and like, fucking you're then- supposed to be a doctor. And Beast just I goes, <laughs> one moment. And then Leech randomly just wakes up and is fine. Like, not because <laughs> of anything Beast did. He just, wakes up and he's fine. And he looks at Beast and screams no, because maybe honestly beast is terrifying to wake up to well he's also adorable so i felt kind of bad for him there where like leech sees him and immediately screams and i was also like leech like you're a morlock dude like everybody around you looks unusual like why can we talk about the series of shots that follow this it's like it cuts quickly to jubilee who's sobbing in happiness with this girl and then it cuts to logan who's still staring at like the christmas, the christmas tree, tree and we're like what it's it's pretty intense like logan is just like staring at the christmas tree alone and just being like logan by himself for a second so then we get this other scene where storm goes to callisto and she's like give me the scepter of power callisto and callisto's like why and storm is like as the leader of the morlocks i owe you no explanation i command it and callisto scowls at her and she's like it's your right but you've been no leader to us and so then storm takes it and she's like kneel before me the scepter of power is mine by right of single combat as leader of the morlock people i hereby relinquish all rights and title associated with that position and callisto's like what because for some reason she's surprised by this extremely obvious maneuver on storm's part (laughs) like it's like storm has always been like a very caring and giving person like okay storm is like rise callisto and kneel no more before all those here assembled i hereby grant you the scepter the symbol of morlock leadership with all the rights and responsibilities associated with it callisto is now the one and true leader of all the morlock people Yep. And Logan interrupts and just goes, what's a fella have to do to get a glass of orange juice and a cookie around here? Which it's is like, like, you know what, oh Logan? Why? It's like, <laughs> and again, it's like, I know it's because he just did this blood transfusion, so it's he wants that. But also, I also kind of read it as Logan being like, maybe I do want Christmas cookies. Thank you. <laughs> Bob, really funny. And then uh, so Leech is like, like, by the way, like walking around and shit now. So yeah, don't like, worry. Leech is one hundred percent fine. And Beast like holds him in his arms and is like bouncing up and down like a baby. <laughs> <laughs> and Beast is like, a good meal is exactly what the doctor prescribes. Like about Leech. And then Logan goes to him, thanks, kid, for making it. Like as though Leech had any control over whether or not he was going to live. But it's a cute line anyway. Whatever. And then Storm has that line where she's like. You know, she feels bad for questioning Logan's like right. heart and She's doing like, the right thing. I regret that I was too blind to show you the compassion you have given Leech this day. I should know better than anyone to question your heart. 
which I thought was an interesting line. Like she I felt bad for being hard on Logan, but I was also like, I don't know. Storm. Yeah, but Logan like, needed like some to. like tough love there. <laughs> yeah, like that tough love is clearly the only thing that Logan responds to like as a person, and I feel like Storm should recognize that, but she kind of does. She just knows she has to also apologize for it after the fact because Logan's a baby. Anyway, <laughs> then Callisto is like, as leader of the Morlocks, I hereby extend an invitation to all X Men to join us for Christmas dinner. We haven't much, but and then Jubilee's like, wait, we've got plenty to eat. Half these boxes are food and like goes over to her presents that like have been sitting in the corner uh, I, this whole time I, I, not that we find out what it is because they only open up toys but i really want to know what food she boxed up and wrapped for I know, dinner i i don't know either it's probably like beef jerky for logan or something and they're just gonna eat that <laughs> with the tomato soup i i don't know i wanted to know what it was gonna be as well it might have been like it's cookies. like just like some hot dogs like she's like i stopped by like the hot dog cart and like put a bunch of it in a box and it was like good enough christmas dinner that is something jubilee would do it is yeah and so then yeah she lets mariana and leech run over and open the presents and that's cute and storm's like you've done something very noble today jubilee and jubilee hugs wolverine and is like i learned from the best which like logan has hasn't actually taught anyone anything about how to care about other people, but it's cute anyway. I mean, like, it's cute for Jubilee and Logan to have that moment, but I also was like, didn't Logan, like be an asshole like the entire yeah, like, fucking if time anything, like jubilee learned all of these lessons from storm and she's like whatever <laughs> storm really i learned it from logan and storm just like rolls her eyes like oh my god i know <laughs> Ro walks over she's like you have done something noble today jubilee and jubilee's like yeah thank you and then she's like pushes storm to the side she's like thanks logan like my real dad logan <laughs> and storm's like oh my god okay i mean i guess i do like that logan and storm are kind of like mom and dad they, jubilee that's cute cute yeah and so then logan's like she's a good kid storm thereby like solidifying the mom and dad vibe and beast goes though not quite the christmas jubilee had anticipated i would wager she will find it a memorable one and rogue laughs and goes so well a couple of cooks i know and And we're like oh no then we go back to gamma to gene who are still screaming by the way it's not resolved it's not resolved it's just like just goes what do you mean not eaten gambit has spent days on this meal my oyster loaf my dome glacé uh, but i was like, like what, what? It, what okay so he's been cooking and she's like standing there she's like you didn't cook any of that gambit yeah. i cooked all of it like she's you're just standing there pretending you cooked like this giant fucking meal and gene just goes we can warm it up tomorrow and gambit goes warm it up you do not warm up such a meal gambit does not make tv dinner and it's like okay gambit whatever so then it goes over gambit's to just like in the, i don't he's just like flipping out for some reason i don't know <laughs> like does gambit needs does gambit need to unpack some shit about he the holidays does. like he clearly what does and so xavier's on the phone with jubilee and he's like i understand and jubilee's like i just didn't want you to think we wanted to be away from you on christmas eve and xavier's like don't worry jubilee you all will be missed of course but your generous sacrifice indicates to me that you understand how much more you're needed where you are no gift could yeah. have made me happier or more proud and then the credits go and it says merry christmas from the x-men and and it's like kind of adorable. This episode, I I I don't hate this episode. Just throwing that out there, I actually really liked it. I enjoyed it a lot. I laughed a lot at it. Me too. Pretty much was supposed to be funny while being really fucking dark, which is a line that this show walks repeatedly. And like, I mean, all the X Men shows do because X Men Evolution and Wolverine the X Men do it too. Anime, the anime just starts off dark and stays there with the Wolverine and the X Men shows. But I think. You're right that it does do a good job of walking that line. And, like, I, if anything, all the Avengers films and all that shit that you love in the MCU really kind of borrowed from, like, this early 90s 
X-Men concept where it's like, here's some pretty dark shit, but here's some jokes also. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, but with superheroes. So. Yeah. So I, I do have a couple more thoughts about politics. I do too. I wrote them down. So. So mainly I just thought it was interesting that the X-Men were framed as this sort of more privileged group of people in such an explicit way by the show, because they are like, they're living in a mansion with professor X and they're basically like accepting a rich person's charity because Xavier has like deigned to bestow that on them and decided like, you're my special group and you get to be part of my special family. And like at the beginning of the episode, I was like, Oh, this is so cool. Like it's like their chosen queer family and like they're celebrating together. But then like you see the Morlocks and that, like some real shit where it's like oh yeah there's like homeless queer youth out as out on the streets as well which is definitely like like a huge scene in the 80s and the 90s you know and it's still a thing today and like yeah it is it's not quite as intense as it was back then but it's still a thing yeah and like i mean obviously at the rate we're going society wise like certainly our current politicians would be happy to see more queer people be living on the streets and not supported anymore so i was thinking about that while i was watching this and just being like Man, like, so there's the AIDS metaphor. Like, thing, that's how I but, felt, like, with the whole transfusion thing where Logan's like, if anybody has my blood, they're going to die. Right. And also, when the leech goes to the hospital, like, no, you're a mutant. We don't want you here. Like, you or could hurt somebody just like, like which is, he's literally like, passed, like, leech is passed out. Like, he can't do anything like he's just lying there he literally cannot do anything and they're like he's still too dangerous to be here right you know what i mean but it also felt to me like there was this implication that medical care for mutants just isn't prioritized in this society like they don't even understand how to treat him they don't maybe right. have the like, right they, medical they, they, resources they just get rid of him and like right. so I, they're just like fuck you get out and so then they end up the other mutants the other morlocks end up having to steal medical supplies which like that's a real thing that happens like if you kick people out and deny them medical care then people have to steal supplies or they have to like steal stuff to get by and that's the only way you're going to survive i mean i don't know it just made me think about that i did it it did with me thinking about that too and it i i definitely thought more heavily about the aids comparison with the the blood transfusion which i don't need to like sit there and talk about anymore i think we've talked about enough on the show but like i do feel like that's a heavy-handed like this is once again mutants are representing like the uh, like the LGBT community, you know what right, I mean? Right, or, or like this disease that was associated with Yeah, LGBT and it's like that they're so afraid in the to, time right. period. Right, I mean, like, it's part of, it's partly the time period, but, like, even in watching this now, I was like, this is still kind of relevant in some ways. Like, you change the metaphor just a little bit, and it still resonates, and I don't know. I, I said it already before, but I just thought it was kind of prescient to have the X-Men have to face the fact that they've in some ways abandoned these other more marginalized mutants. Like they, you know, can appear human and they are very lucky in a lot of ways, even though they're also freedom fighters and they're like risking their lives and being right. activists and stuff. But like they're they lead a very different life than the Morlocks, and that's like super apparent in this episode where like the Morlocks can't I don't know, survive? Like, I, I just thought it was interesting that the episode went there, especially because previous Morlock episodes were such a joke in some ways. And like, I don't know, like, I know there were some people who wrote in about the Morlock episode that we talked about before with Callisto, where they were like, there. I think we, we sort of, in that episode, we were like, there's not really that many politics here. It doesn't really work. And people were like, well, there's this potential narrative here of the Morlocks yeah. representing like more marginalized people who can't 
exist in society without being clocked as as queer or what have you and like this episode i think is significantly better at that lesson i agree like, i agree way way better than previous more like episodes that we've seen like this episode is actually going there and being like not only can do they not have food they don't have beds like they don't have an actual place to live they also can't even go to the hospital and are right. respected at all like on any level and that's like right so that's real as shit like I, don't know. I mean it is it is and i don't know it's like some dark fucking shit and i do like that storms like this is like the family that they made together yeah and there's a lot of that that's in here which i think i mean you already touched on it but like i do think it's important to note that these both these cultures it's like two different cultures of like like the think about like the gay kids that get kicked out of their homes right and yeah. like they're now living like with the Morlocks, that's what, it, and that's that's their chosen family. Then there's the X Men, who are like, uh, again, I we that a lot of them were kicked out of their homes, but they found out they found they a better, were just a little luckier, basically. Like, that's yeah, really like the that's main difference, right? But like that, they're all like attached to each other and take care of each other because like that's all they got, and this is their family. And I, you know, especially back then for like the gay community, like that is a lot of what it was. It was kind of like these are my friends, they are my family. We look out for each other mm-hmm. because like we don't have families that will. Uh, that still happens now, um, but not nearly as badly as it used to. Like, it was pretty much if you were gay, period, at all. It was like, okay, we'll get ready to live on the street. You know, like, yeah. also, I, you know, I want to touch on this, but um, it was Claire who wrote in and was talking about, like, the Morlocks. She interpreted it as, like, a trans metaphor, which, again, I still think works in the situation where you bring somebody to the hospital and they're like, yeah, like, you don't have the appropriate health care. You know what I mean? Right, like, right, right. And it's like, again, I still think it was more of an AIDS metaphor, but, like, I do want to point that out because Claire like put that idea in my head and now I just can't stop thinking no, about it. I was it. thinking about it as well a lot, especially like it just in the larger community. I feel like there are a lot of times when trans people are sort of pushed to the sidelines in just the fight for gay rights. And it's only recently yeah. that they've been like allowed to be considered more by the larger gay rights movement as it were. And like this episode, I don't know if it was intentional. I, I honestly, I strongly doubt that it was, but I'm choosing to read into it that metaphor of like, Yes, you're a marginalized person, but have you considered people who are even more marginalized than you, even within your own network of what you are? And like in this case, it's like, okay, sure, the X-Men are gay people, but they're not thinking about the like homeless trans youth problem. You know what I mean? Like that, I just thought it was like an interesting framing to like have Storm in this case have to reckon with her relative privilege of being like, well, I live in a mansion and like I'm a black woman, I'm a mutant. Like, of course she's not privileged in some ways, but she doesn't live on the street. She's not like fearing for her life if she gets sick. And that is what the Morlock situation is. I don't know. I just, it's like one of the heavier episodes we've seen i think it's always i know i agree and it's like it's funny it's like a christmas episode playing jingle bells and melancholy tone in the background broccoli at gambit's yeah i know every other scene which like i think part of why they have so much slapstick comedy in this episode is because like it's just so dark otherwise to they're trying to help you get through this like absurdly dark episode right for a christmas episode yeah and uh, there's one other thing i want to touch on is that I said it already, but there was a Jubilee kind of like uh, kind of taking in this like kid and like not really parenting her, but being like, okay, come here. I'm going to take care of you. And I know that Jubilee in the comics has a kid that again, she like kind of adopted. Mm -hmm. Uh, But like, I think that happens more often than not, like, especially in the, uh, the LGBT community where like, you know, it's like, okay, like, you know, you Jubilee's like still pretty young here. And she sees like this kid and she's like, okay, I'm going to take care of this kid because like, 
who else is going to i didn't have that so like i'm going to like try and give her what i didn't have right now you know and it's like and i think that's important to know like it's like i think it's again fills in that family theme of your chosen family but also like taking people under and xavier does do this too where he's like Yes, you know, both uh, Xavier and Magneto are like, yes, come live with me. I'll take care of you. Now, the flip side is that the Warlocks, they don't ask for anything in return other than survival, where, like, Xavier's like, okay, now that you're here, please go fight fight in this war for me. Like, (laughs) you know, I'm training you for actual war right now. But, you know, it it is interesting to see that kind of, like, comparison with um, Jubilee just kind of, like, being there for another kid and, like, understanding like I think Rogue should have been in this episode too, but like yeah, I, I think the reason maybe and maybe Gambit, but Gambit actually has family. We just saw them all like mm-hmm. in season two, but like I do think the reason why they chose Logan, Aurora, and Jubilee specifically is because like yeah, another a lot of the X Men don't have family, but those three characters in particular, like maybe Rogue, like really. Was, see, Rogue's got Rogue's got a, such a fucked up family situation. I can't even compare. Her. Like, she's got like Mystique and Nightcrawler and like fucking great. She's got enough family drama. But like <laughs> Logan and Storm and Jubilee were like all abandoned, right? Yeah, like yeah, they yeah. didn't they have all a had family. To live on their they own. all lived on the streets. Like yeah. that's and I think and I think Gambit did too. But like I don't think they could. They can't like backpedal on the show with that with him because like he yeah, we already, already met his entire fucking family, family and like yeah. having his own weird situation in Louisiana. Yeah, it, it would have been interesting if Rogue had been in the mix as well. But I think you're right that there's something to the fact that they chose these three characters who were kind of orphaned in a sense or like right. had to live on their own and figure like because gene has alone. a family okay but here's the thing that cyclops also was orphaned he would fit that toll too because like he and he and havoc were because like they lost his parents when corsair couldn't That's fucking true. fly a but ship for the 19th show he's met corsair by now so there is but also of, like, a yeah he does have family and also like cyclops and gene are probably like honestly fuck the morlocks they tried to like yeah, kidnap to us kidnap and like them. fuck us all night funny long that like the episode just doesn't really reckon with that aspect of it at all <laughs> and it's just like like, you know what? Callisto may have kidnapped Jean and Scott previously, but she's probably better at leading the Morlocks than Storm is because Storm's busy. Like, that's the only part of it that I was like, that doesn't really um, make any goddamn That doesn't sense. really track, but, but okay. It's It basically just is an episode that pretends that the previous Morlock episodes don't exist, which isn't the worst because those episodes were really silly and didn't really work. So I was right. like willing to go along with them on this retcon because it was like a more respectful treatment of the Morlocks as a concept than the previous episode about the Morlocks, which was just like stupid in a lot of ways. <laughs> I, I do recognize that like within the show's canon, it doesn't actually make any goddamn sense for Callisto to be like suddenly the leader again. Like, I don't yeah. know why. I don't know either. Anyway, it's fine. So uh, speaking of Morlocks, do we want to do who's that X-Men? Oh, sure. I didn't know there was one. Let's do it. All right. Ready? Who's Uh, it's morph as a jingle bell oh my god wow wow the full history of morph as a jingle bell uh it first appeared in like x-men number (laughs) 355.2 it's a variant cover all right anyway um so 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 it's fucking leech okay uh this is nice and short because nobody gives a shit about leech so let's talk about Leech. Uh, his first right. appearance was in Uncanny X-Men number 179, and he was created by Chris Claremont and John Romita Jr. He speaks in broken English, which we didn't hear in this episode, but we have heard that in previous episodes where he's mm-hmm. like, Leech don't know what to do! Yeah, it's he's like, like you the know, Hulk kind of in that way. Yeah, basically. Uh, he is green-skinned, and he has the powers to negate other mutant powers, so, you know, like, if 
we saw kind of saw this in x-men 3 in the weird version of leech which right. when the x-men were near him their powers didn't work mm-hmm. uh leech was orphaned as a toddler for being green and his parents left him to die for his mutations uh he was found by caliban who's not in this series but honestly a huge part of the morlocks which is kind of like interesting that he's not here ever yeah, i don't know why they didn't we see him, him in all, be- all the other shows and like he's appeared in the movies more than once so yeah. whatever uh leech became friends with the x factors Artie maddox uh during the mutant massacre leech and caliban survive and they are rescued by the power pack and the x factor uh we talked about that a little bit we talked about the mutant massacre with Sabretooth and going in and killing everybody with the marauders and mm-hmm. how fucked I up that was in callisto uh background episode that we did a while there back is but also like we talked about it in the first warlock episode because it's like it's kind of weird that all these characters are here because canonically in the 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 comics they were all murdered like mm-hmm. horribly uh, so Leech joins Artie at X Factor, and then Leech enrolls at St. Simon's, a private school that accepts mutant kids. Uh, Leech and Artie are captured by mutant-hating demons for a little while, and their friend Taki and the X Factor battle the demons and save them. Uh, then Leech, Artie, and Taki return to St. Simon's, where Taki figures out that one of the teachers is mutant-hating, and he was planning to kidnap all the mutants, as and as many as possible. So they just fucking leave, because they're like, we clearly don't want to get kidnapped. Right. Uh, Leech and Artie are then kidnapped by the G-Nation, which was the second generation of warlocks, descendants of those who died in the tunnels. They wanted to hunt down and kill as many humans as possible in response to that. Mm-hmm. And Leech and Artie did not want to be part of that shit, so they were rescued by Generation X, which was kind of like the 90s New Mutants. Um, Leech and Artie go to the Massachusetts Academy, which was run by Banshee and Emma Frost. Uh, there, at, at some point, they both befriend Franklin Richards, which is another character who has too many fucking powers, like Legion and fucking Kevin, you know, Proteus, whatever. Uh, there's some side story where they work with Howard the Duck that is pretty famous, but, you know, not really important. When the school becomes bankrupt, Emmy and Emma and Banshee have to open up the school to human students as well, and during that time, Emma gives leech and Artie and penance image inducers to hide who they are but they like our children they fuck it up somehow so they're revealed as mutants and so they're sent away to protect them from danger during the time that they're away leech is captured by weapon x to be to keep the imprisoned mutants under control and then after the events of house of m he's one of the 198 mutants to retain his powers uh leech when he's free again accompanies caliban into the old warlock tunnels where they are attacked by an extreme version of the morlocks led by mask uh, the X-Men rescue Leech during that time. Leech and Artie are invited to Franklin Rich's birthday, and then Franklin invites them to come live with them. So they all go to live with, like, the Fantastic Four and these, like, other special class of mutants, like, you know, with the Power Pack and shit like that. Um, and that's kind of, like, where they wind up. And then, we, like, as I said before, there's a weird version of Leech that we saw in X-Men 3 where he's not green, but, like, just, like, this cute bald-headed kid. kid. But he has the same powers, essentially, except they yeah, have pretty a much. larger radius of effect. So that's that. Should we rate the episode? Well, we can rate it. We can rate it. Uh, I, 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 you're probably going to disagree with me, but I am giving it a five out of five X's. I really <laughs> enjoy this episode. I, okay. I, uh, I do. I enjoyed this. I thought it was a dark, good, well-written episode, but it was also funny as fuck. So, like, I would willingly watch this again. Um, I would too. I would too. It's not a skip because it involves Storm relinquishing your power back to callisto again so like it's important i could see you doing like a three out of five but i enjoy this a lot so this is where i'm at so i get it i i'm gonna give it a four i thought it was very good i think some parts of it are a little silly or like over the top jubilee cries a lot and there were some things about it that i was just like this is a very christmas special e christmas special i know but like but you like, maybe love the, stuff like that i was so gonna I'm say like i don't know you're super into it because i fucking like, love christmas specials so 
So I'll I'm, keep back I'm on not, our. I like Christmas specials, but I'm not. But like not quite to the extent that I do. As intense about it as you. Although you I know what. It. Uh, it's it's unfortunate now because it's not hosted anywhere but our first podcast actually it was our second one insomniacs in the morning that led into the mutant ages and that's yes. how we started this one we did a christmas special review yeah we episode. just talked about our favorite was christmas like specials two hours of us just talking about christmas we didn't even specials? talk about all of them because i, I was like talking about it was like, at that point that's when maddie was like okay if ryan has seen too many christmas specials and too many christmas movies <laughs> So, it was and it's funny because I'm like a Halloween guy, but I'm also like a super Thanksgiving and Christmas guy. Like I eat you just that like shit holidays. up. Just admit it. You like every. I holiday. do. I mean, like I, I was just talking party. about like how I was hosting like dinner parties on Valentine's Day, uh, New Year's Eve. I love doing that shit. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, let's talk about who's gay. There's it, this is gonna be really short because I don't know. no i actually think okay so in the comics i do feel like storm and callisto have some sort of like sexual tension that i feel like is coming into play here because it's like this whole struggle for dominance thing and i know she's fucking pissed off when storm shows up and like but they work together to save leech's life and like honestly that whole thing at the end where storm's like i'm gonna really push my power to callisto and callisto like like, has to get on her knees yeah yeah and then and like all right sure like, i can come but along I, with you on this <laughs> i i feel like they have this whole thing of like between storm and Callisto of like who's gonna be on top tonight that's what i feel <laughs> all right yeah i can see it i can see it um it i don't i don't know how much of it is in the episode but i, I there's can, not like, like a lot of like this episode's too i mean there's gay stuff happening in terms of like politics but like but there right, isn't like literal like, gay stuff which there's is like yeah there's that like fan fiction we can pull from here in a classic maddie and ryan style instead I like i don't know like, like wolverine is of an episode for that wolverine I, I, is wolverine horny, into like can't... ape who's a bed i don't know like yeah like that's it that's all there is anyway I, you know because like rogue isn't even gay with storm in this like that's not happening she's, she's like not even really in the app that much and rogue. remy is like not flirting with like logan or rogue uh he's too busy fighting with gene i know who's which like is kind of get funny. the fuck out of my kitchen you yeah. know anyway uh so I, I guess that's that section did we have yeah sorry that mail? was short we do <laughs> our first reader mail comes from andrew who writes hi maddie and ryan I found your show a few months ago and have quickly become my favorite. And you two have quickly become my favorite duo in podcasting. Wow. Your friendship is so inspiring. <laughs> it got me all nostalgic, nostalgic to reconnect with early friends from my own past. Aww. Thank you. On to the reader question. What are some of your favorite versions of the X-Men costumes? May it be from different comic runs, different cartoons, the games, the movies. Which ones would you like all like to cosplay the most with the ability to make any dream costume? But mm. what I really want to know is what is Wolverine wearing on his dates with Ryan? <laughs> is it the yellow and brown or Hugh Jackman's sweaty tank top? Thanks for being so great. Exceedingly, Andrew. Okay. So, so there's a lot of stuff here. First of all, thank you for the, the friendship thing. That was really cute. Yeah, that um, is cute. Should we I talk pre- about which version of the X-Men we cosplayed? Because it's like already? every fucking Okay, and then version. we talk about which one. Uh, well, okay. So, the okay. 
there was the dating game where you were Dark Phoenix and well, I was Magneto. When we were kids, we used to throw these X-Men parties, which we talked about a thousand times on the show, where we dressed as X-Men. So, like, we have made crappy versions of X-Men costumes. Like, we posted one recently for annually. my birthday where I was Cyclops, and it was just, like, black clothing that I put yellow duct tape on. Yep. I mean, that's fine, I guess. I don't know. You I were think, Mr. Yeah, Sinister then, once. I feel like Mr. Sinister is probably your actual dream costume because you've okay, never wait, wait. done... So I, I did do it, but you it was bad. It, but it wasn't it was like like, like, a real one. It was like a Halloween No, it was like a Halloween together. costume. Yeah. And like, I also was Quicksilver one year, but it was like casual Quicksilver from X-Men Evolution or something. Right. Um, and then we were in that show, The Dating Game, where it was the X-Men Dating Game, and I was first class Magneto, and you were like just classic Dark Phoenix because I it was, was a mishmash of everything. That would have been what I would say was my my costume that I really loved. Although I lost yeah. it, and I still haven't figured out where the hell it is, but I, I was... <laughs> That's not good. It burned. I know everybody's really worried about this, so I'll just say that I looked around for my Dark Phoenix costume and also my Emma Frost costume, both of which I have mentioned on this show were missing, and I found them. I don't know why or when I would ever wear either one of them again, but don't worry, everybody. I know exactly where they are now. Anyway, back to the show. I have like hundreds of costumes, dude. You know this. I literally I do. don't know where they okay. all are, and it doesn't matter the, anymore. But yeah, I was Dark Phoenix Jean. And I, that did, was a I did. I did the ex, like a really shitty version of the Extreme X Men Gambit. I think I talked about this on this show at one point, and it was really bad and didn't look like Gambit. Mm. I feel like this is a this is a theme with us is that there were a few costumes where we actually tried really hard to okay. do the costume. Also, but... we did like we did like X Men the first X Men movie. We showed up to Katie's birthday party where you were dressed up we as like this the other day. Jean, we did. Uh, this is so funny. This is all coming up now. So there's you were dressed up as like casual Doctor Jean Grey, well, and I was I like was kind casual of doing the movie because she wears the red dress with the white lab coat, and I had a red dress and a lab coat, so I just wore that, and it's it's like close enough. Like you can kind of tell what I'm trying to do. Yeah. And you were Wolverine, same deal, like, you know. Okay, uh, but you were also Wolverine one year. And flannel shirt and jeans, which, yeah, that was when I was Wolverine more recently for Halloween, just because it's a really easy costume. That's that's what I wore. Um, I mean, is that the extent of it? I don't, but, oddly, but I don't Ryan, think we've done a lot of. Wolverine costume do you most want Logan to wear on his date with you? You have to answer I mean, that. I always, I always kind of envision him wearing kind of what he wears in the X Men cartoon, actually, where it's like. The, the brown jacket with the flat, like the yellow button down mm-hmm. into the cowboy boots. And sometimes he's got the cow. He definitely has a cowboy hat. Cause that is a huge turn on for me. Like, Oh, Oh, <laughs> Oh, I'm going to turn on right now. Uh, so <laughs> I think that's what I envision. It's not really like Hugh Jackman or like looking from the cartoon. It's like, it's more like comic book Wolverine in like X-Men, the animated series clothing. That's what I always envision. So that makes um, sense. It's like an iconic image of Logan. And I feel like he even does is. wear that outfit in the comics from the time period that the show is based on anyway. So makes sense oh wait by the way we didn't address that you did a show as emma frost and you made that I beautiful did. emma frost costume i did make that, an emma just frost saying costume that. which gita later borrowed and then was emma yeah frost gita was also show. emma frost yeah yeah, um, yeah that happened as well <laughs> but i think that's I think we have but if i had to do like a dream costume with like infinite money that i didn't even need to make myself like somebody else could make it for me if somebody could actually make me a mr sinister suit like yeah, you know but it's so it would be so much money like i get it why really you've never would. done it it's like a huge ordeal to make i've it. also thought about doing like chamber just because he's easy and like i have all the stuff to do chamber and i love chamber so like i feel like that would be good i don't know i feel like a lot of the x-men like i've thought about being nightcrawler because i could be like all bendy but i i don't want to deal with all that makeup so yeah it seems like a lot 
I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, we don't really cosplay anymore. Like sometimes I'll see a cool costume or whatever design in a comic and I'm like, oh, that'd be so cool to make. But then I don't because I'm old now and I don't care anymore. But yeah. there was a time when I used to do that. Anyway, we can um, move on okay. from this reader mail. It has been answered. So the, ne- the next X-Men, or so the next reader mail is, says all cut up and it's says, hello, mutinagers. I wrote a while back when I was binging the show. I am finally current and I'm enjoying the new episodes as they are released. I was at a consignment shop and found this comic and had to buy it. The comic, by the way, is a Dazzler comic of Dazzler making out with Archangel. Great. Uh, I know Ryan likes both characters a lot. If you get a PO box, I will send it your way. In the meantime, I will hear your interests on whatever I hear. Keep up the great work. Uh, and it is like literally just like Archangel and like uh, Dazzler hardcore making up. Nice. Like hardcore making out. We don't um, have a PO box. We should get a PO box. I, mean, I don't know. We we've talked it about it. Money and I don't know. We we may only make a certain amount of money on the Patreon, and we sort of have to decide what we want to spend it on. But if more people want us to get a PO box, then maybe it's worth doing. I don't know. Yeah, people can let us. Yeah. Know. Uh, we have a YouTube comment where somebody said, "Great video. I looked up the readme and the zip file for the Quake game, and there are 16 level designers that worked on the single player and multiplayer maps. Mm. Apoc- Apocalypse's crypt was designed by Wright McBunyan Bagwell, and that's they just want to let us know, I guess. Yeah. But this is a good time to say that we actually got in touch with one of the designers in that game, and they answered a bunch of questions for us, which we're not going to answer here in this reader mail because it's long. We're going to do a yeah, so we're going to do we're going to do that. a twenty minute special episode very soon where we'll just talk about. And by the way, so this is on our YouTube channel, and it's not time to plug yet, but on our YouTube channel, Maddie and I are playing through every X Men game over there, and right now we're playing a quick conversion game. Yeah, yes, and we they, we've we just completed a level that was fucking hell yeah. and so long it was like apocalypse's tomb and yes that's what they're writing about so yeah. it's incredible it's worth watching the videos to watch us torture ourselves and very very slowly beat this game and if you're enjoying that then you're definitely going to enjoy this episode where we reveal fun facts from one of the developers of the game it'll be really fun right yep and then we also have a tweet at us with somebody said this is random and it's a screenshot from the the uh, sanctuary part two episode it says this is random there is a blink and miss moment where you see Magneto's energy field approaching asteroid M and the Blackbird. Not sure if it's on purpose or, or error, but I've never noticed it until today. Top left corner. And it really is. It's like that scene where the Blackbird learns lands on asteroid M again, right? Yeah. And like, there's like an astronaut or it's beast, I think. And he's like leaping away, but way far off in the tiny, teeny corner of earth, you see Magneto. Yeah, because he's like coming back or... Yeah, no, yeah. he's coming back. But I didn't see that either until this dude like sent it to me. So that's like really cool. Yeah, I mean, the animation on this show still pretty cool is, so far. Yeah. I think this is like the last season where it's going to be any good. So we, we may as well enjoy it <laughs> while we can. So, okay, our final email is from uh, is, uh, one of our guests who is going to be coming back yet again. Uh, once again, I say yet again, but we want him here. So like, I don't know why I said yet again. Like, so it's from Todd. Uh, so Todd Hi, wrote Todd. in. Like, it, it, like Todd's like sort of like part-time of the show. co-host yeah. who shows up. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we so anyway Todd writes in hey you two was fun to listen to part two show for Sanctuary where I spent the entire time between eps going every time they've watched a two-parter the second half has been a disaster and preparing myself for some truly awful Fabian Cortez related crimes against narrative but apparently it turned out okay for once wild yeah I was listening to the politics section on the way home yesterday and couldn't stop thinking about the discussion of queerness having genetic basis mm. when I was doing my PhD I had a class on sociology of gender with professor Christine Matley and this topic came up in discussion one day I had said I would actually really like to know if queerness had a genetic basis and she asked a really useful question why 
The discussion that followed was really eye-opening because I had to confront the question, why did I want to know? What would that knowledge get me? I could use it to tell people, see, you have to be nice to me. I can't help being queer. <laughs> right. But would that actually work? Professor Matley argued that having defeat having definitive knowledge of genetic basis for queerness would probably be only be used against us in a regula- regulatory way. Mm. Would babies be screened for it before birth? Right. Think about the implications of that in today's U.S. political climate. Yeah. Um, in a weird way, the point y'all made about the mutant to queer analogy that in the X-Men world, being a mutant is a, a black and white, discreditable genetic marker that's either on or off actually makes Chris's point all the more, Right. The sort of things normal humans do to mutants in terms of regulation laws, etc., in the show are probably the kind of things we might see in real life if we had proof of a gay scene. Right. Um, yeah. So in that sense, it's a useful way to think about an abstract thing. What if there were a gay gene? I mean, I'd still like to have that knowledge, but I don't know that I want society to have that knowledge, or at least not in 2019. Maybe in 100 years when <laughs> cisnets get their heads out of their collective asses about the stuff and can be trusted not to be weird about it. Yeah. Anyway, intre- interested in what you guys think about that. See you next time. P.S. I, t- I will totally do a podcast app. And <laughs> okay. He's like, P.S. I will totally do a podcast app with an X-Men tabletop game in it. Okay. Good to know. We're going to make that happen. I'm glad that like, we just like had like, I you know, an episode where we had like volunteered that Todd was going to do that for us. I completely forgot that we did I that totally on the show. I totally forgot about that well, thank too. thank you, Todd. Thank you for agreeing to do the thing that we already apparently said we were going to make you do. So thank you very much <laughs> for that. This is a fascinating email. I... I agree with Todd's mixed feelings about it, which is to say that I don't know. I I don't even know if I fully believe that there is a gene for one thing, but if there is one, then I don't know if I would want society to know that it existed because right. it would introduce I certainly so wouldn't want many that. complications. But also, it shouldn't fucking matter. But I it's know, like if you compare but... it to like the Mutant <laughs> Registration Act, it's exactly. kind of like that. Yeah. Or like the idea of people screening for the gene, which like people already do for other things, which is yeah. tragic enough as it is. Like I, I would hate to think about that being a, a problem for people. But yeah, right. I mean, I, I don't think... I don't think it can happen because I feel like it's probably a confluence of things. Like, I I don't think it's just one gene. I think it's probably a confluence of genes and other potential uh, factors, but who knows? I mean, it's, it'll probably continue to be studied for a long time and, and hopefully by more progressive uh, later versions of society than ours. Cause if it were suddenly discovered now, I feel like it would be bad, but yeah, it was a cool email. No, I totally agree. Cool to hear from Tom. Um, I, I don't know. I, I like, I, the only reason why, like, I, like, we talked about this. It's like, you know, like, I found out a lot about my genetics in terms of my father's side of the family, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm not going to get into this. I don't even know if he listens to this show, but, like, his brother is gay, so that would therefore make my, my uncle gay. And we're pretty sure he's gay, so, like, I don't know. It's kind of like, I actually think there might be some legitimacy to that, but also I feel like people... Like, I said this before in the show. It's like, I don't think it's black and white as, like, who's gay, bi. Like, I just think, like, people are attracted to what they're attracted to. And they are in love with the people that they're in love with. But, like, I don't think it's, like, a black and white situation like that. I really don't. So Yeah, it's it's really weird. Because I, I feel like the problem comes in with people like me who are attracted to 
all genders. <laughs> it's like, yeah. how do you like for if there were just gay people and straight people, then it, it's like a little more cleanly mapped and you can be like, oh, right. well, like clearly this is like a very binary way of looking at things. And like some people are this and some are this, but it's not that simple in real life. Like there are people who are on a different spectrum. So yeah, like, I that's agree. part of why I personally don't think it could be if it were a gene, it must be a complex series of genes that like cause different effects, you know? Right. So like it's, it must be something that's very, very complicated and not easy to pin down if it is genetic. It could be, but I, I just, I think there's probably multiple genes in play if that's the case and that it yeah. would be very hard to figure out what they are, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I agree. And it's like, it's, there's no way to tell. Just like love who you want to love, you know, yeah. like just, and be and cool with it. And also don't judge other people for loving who they want to love because it's probably not their choice it probably, probably is not their choice <laughs> as far as we know um, it's not todd offered a really anyway. great perspective so like i really hope that we make that happen todd you have to pick like a game for us to play i don't know why we're saying this on air like i don't either like, like todd like, as though call we can't us. have a conversation with todd outside of the show oh. in our email address which is not even true <laughs> at all and like is it oh reflective God. of reality so like, no it's not it's, it's not so speaking of whatever speaking we'll of email out, we'll figure it out off air right <laughs> do something yeah later. uh so oh God. okay so speaking of email you can yes. email us at the mutantages at gmail.com and you we should. read your emails here on the show you can also call us at our mutant ages phone number and you can leave us a voicemail if you would prefer to do it that way and we'll play it on the show you can reach us at 508-319-1668 if you are not in america you have to dial one first um and, and probably uh, like other numbers i don't know yeah and other numbers but like write into <laughs> us tell us your, tell us your thought <laughs> tell us your favorite christmas special no actually like Wait, it doesn't actually, relate to you can write in and say that if you want to you can tell us your yeah. favorite christmas special even if it doesn't have anything to do with x-men you can still tell no us. i totally agree um and also you can follow our you can subscribe you can subscribe to our youtube channel which yeah. is uh the mutant ages and we've talked about it on here because we were just talking about quake Ravages and the, the video apocalypse. games we're playing we do all sorts of fun shit up there we're playing every x-men video game on there some of them we actually go all the way through and play and finish but there's some like the nintendo games that we play for like two seconds or that pc game that kept breaking and we were like this isn't happening we don't have the tolerance for this <laughs> yeah uh but for this, this one, we are because we want to get to Mr. Sinister at the end. But also on the channel, you can see us being Jean Grey and Cyclops, like making, making Christmas, Christmas cookies, cookies. doing we little did that skits. Last year. Which, by the way, Maddie, I think we should do like a joke episode of me as Gambit and you still as Jean Grey, but me just like going through <laughs> fucking up stuff? all your food. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I I didn't realize that was even something that we could do. We could do, but, based but on this here episode, we are. Maybe we need to to have Jean make a return to the kitchen and have her temporary well, return to the thought, kitchen. We thought we thought about it. Um, <laughs> People, I guess I pulled though. that from the first Snacksman too. God, oh my God! No, give yourself some credit. Okay, we came fine, up with fine. Snacksman on our own. <laughs> uh, so we have other things on there as well. Like we do clips of the actual show to our show. We splice it together. We do sorts of we do all sorts of X Men skits. We like them sometimes sit there and we talk about rewriting x-men things like x-men apocalypse and we do throwback theater where we read our old stories which are influenced by the x-men including uh old movies we made like d-men and d2 which are x-men parodies and mm-hmm. we watch it and laugh at how bad they are because we made them when we were like 16 so yeah um but there's all sorts of stuff there you can go subscribe at the mutant ages on youtube and you can also follow us on social media. You can. Right, Maddie? You can. We've got Facebook. We've got Instagram. We have Pinterest. We have 
Twitter Tumblr, and, Tumblr, and Tumblr. Twitter. All of those things are the Mutant Ages. So you can just search for that everywhere and you'll find us. But um, in addition to being at the Mutant Ages on Twitter, we're also individually on there. I'm at Mitty Myers. I'm at Ryan Pagella. And if you see Mr. Sinister, you've come to the right place. Right on. Oh, and we also have a Patreon. And Very important. if you want to support us financially and make sure that we can continue making videos like Snacksmen or buying or keeping more the video show games going, period. the video games or potentially spending a lot more of our time producing episodes for a role playing game with Todd, for example, which will take time and energy to do we'll have to buy the consider supporting the show with some money if you can afford to at the patreon every little bit right and it comes with some sort of like uh backer only rewards like we do special podcasts which admittedly we need to more of but Mm -hmm. uh we do that and we also put up our our show notes and behind the scenes stuff and like we will be doing some more soon once when we figure out like our shop that we want to put up so you know, just go. If everybody donated a dollar, it would help us just keep things in production because we don't get paid to do this. We're a completely fan supported podcast and we love doing it. Um, things can get costly sometimes. We have web hosting fees and all that. We're just completely clear about like where it goes. So, yep. uh, but yeah, like it would be a huge help for us. Um, and also, a big help for us is if you would go and leave us a review on iTunes or oh, whatever yeah, you definitely. listen to this podcast on. If you don't want to write a review, a star review helps. You can put whatever you want. Or um, you could just recommend the show to your friends and yeah. tell them that you like this silly, silly X-Men show. And, and maybe they'll check this it out as This incredibly well. horny, horny X-Men show. Yeah. It's gone from silly to kind of just being like the horny X-Men podcast. That's what people are here for, right? I think so. Just gay, horny X-Men stuff with a little bit of politics sprinkled on top. I think that's what they want. I don't know. That's my favorite dessert. That is my favorite kind of dessert. And it's so tasty. Oh, Uh, it really is delicious. Did we do all the plugs? I think we did. That's it. And just like uh, Morph as a Jingle Bell, it's time to (laughs) see you next time. Jingle the fuck away. (laughs) (laughs) See you next time. See you next time. Thank you.